When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Deitch. My producer is Bob Tabador. We have an excellent guest and an excellent conversation this week. This person has been on this podcast many times, and I always appreciate his time when he comes back. It is ESPN ABC Monday Night Football play-by-play broadcaster Joe Buck, who, along with Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters, and Laura Rutledge, has a massive game coming up, Eagles-Chiefs. Potential Super Bowl preview, obviously Super Bowl rematch. And uh, Joe and I certainly talk about that game and um, challenges of calling that, if he sees it as a sort of a little bit of a Super Bowl run for them, uh, which ABC will have coming up uh, in a couple of years. But beyond that, we get into Joe's thoughts on sort of now being at ESPN for a little bit and the the similarities and differences between working at ESPN versus Fox, his relationship with Troy and whether he thinks they're getting better as a team or have just plateaued. Talk about, uh, again, calling this massive, massive game Eagles-Chiefs, what it's like to call games at Arrowhead, talk a little bit about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Nick Sirianni, and Jalen Hurts and how they are in production meetings, get a little bit into Taylor Swift and how a broadcaster like Joe navigates that um, when she's at a stadium and and at least as a subject in terms of replays. And so, um, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Then we, we finish up with uh, Joe's wife, Michelle Beisner-Buck, and what it's like to work with your partner at the same place and give a really interesting answer. So about uh, 45 minutes or so with Joe Buck coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, it almost seems silly to like introduce Joe Buck. Like, oh, here's Joe Buck, the voice of Monday Night Football. I mean, he's been on this podcast before, but he's obviously one of, one of the more well-known people in the world that I traffic in. I always do appreciate his time. He's done this podcast many times. I have talked to him now, it feels like, for like 15 years. Always receptive when it comes to taking those uh, inquiries. And I, I definitely don't take that for granted. No bullshit. I don't take that for granted. I appreciate that. It's totally professional. And with that, I bring in... Joe Buck from Monday Night Football. Joe, welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Yes, thank you. Uh, you know, it makes me think of a question you asked me, I don't know, maybe four years ago when you said, do you have trouble sleeping? Remember that? I when do. When you asked me that? Yeah. And you had asked other people, I think, in this business if they had trouble sleeping. Yeah, because it's true. A lot of insomniacs in sports media. Yeah, and uh, I think I do. I think the answer is I do. I also have tinnitus which I've just been diagnosed with, which is like a constant ringing in my ears. Oh, man. From, I think, doing what I'm doing now, which is having my headset up way too high and 
doing events in big packed stadiums that are loud and yeah. then it's it's like you're always at a concert and the next day you're listening like oh my god I was at a concert last night I have this ringing so I've been kind of dealing with that so uh yeah that doesn't help to sleep and uh neither do five and a half year old twins <laughs> uh but all good happy to be here yeah well on that note Joe I feel bad that I'm gonna make you talk with the uh, headphones you know I once I think my favorite thing I ever asked you was at the start of a podcast we did a couple of years ago where I asked you your favorite curse word. And man, did I have PR people like, how could you ask Joe that? Why did you have to start the podcast with that? But it's great. Well, we will not have to repeat that here, but I enjoy that. All right, here's where I want to start. And we're going to get to Monday yes. Night Football. You have a huge game coming up with um, the Chiefs and, uh, and Eagles. I mean, that's essentially like Super Bowl quality game, which has got to be really exciting for you and Troy. But now that you've been with ESPN for a little bit, and I realize you got to be a little diplomatic here, but... I think my listeners would like really appreciate and get some insight in, have you found there are differences between the two companies when it comes to how they approach on-air talent like yourself? And if so, what are those differences? Yeah, that's a hard question. I, I don't really, it's not something that I've ever sat around thinking about. I guess it kind of just becomes part of your daily life. I, I think at the network level, I, I think the executives all kind of, stay to themselves and then there's a point person that I have that I deal with and then only when shit goes crazy do you call the network executive like I think of like Jimmy Patero is somebody that I he's my ultimate boss at uh, ESPN my ultimate boss at Fox was Eric Shanks I grew up with Shanks and I could, I mean, I, everybody calls him by his last name. I don't, I don't call, I, I call Jimmy, Jimmy, not Patero. Right. But Shanks is a guy that I could just text and bitch about something and then it would get changed. I feel like only a year and a half in at, at ESPN, I have that to a degree, but there was 28 years of kind of feeling like I had ownership in the joint at Fox and now at ESPN, and I think it's a good thing, actually, is I, I feel like I'm a bit more reverent and respectful to those people. So that that's the top of the top for me. Interesting. Taking Bob Iger out of it and Rupert Murdoch out of it. I mean, they that's they're not people that I would interact with right. on any regular basis. Both have been and, and were great to me. But I think it's all about the person that you're most directly in contact with. So at ESPN, that person now is Steve Ackles, who was my boss of many bosses at ESPN. There are many more layers at ESPN than there are at Fox. I think we all know that. Yep. Uh, but I'm here to tell you there are. Ackles is wonderful. Like I, He has changed my life in a way that I never expected it's it's this has become so much fun going to work every weekend and and it's because of Steve his effort level how he wants to produce the fun we have as two people that are in their 50s hanging out Troy would feel would say the same thing and then at, at Fox I had the, that it, it just was kind of like family there. And, and I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to describe. It was just like kind of, here we are. It's another week. And, and I love those people. Like Pete Macheska is one of my closest friends. And Richie Zients, 
I adore and respect and, and Rich Russo, our director, but this is like something new to me. And I, it's hard to explain, but after being somewhere for 28 years and then having to start all over again with the personal stuff, it, it's been great. And it, it's been infinitely more fun than I ever expected to have at this stage of my career. And, and I credit or blame Steve Ackles for that. No, that's a great answer. And uh, I, have, I haven't really talked to Steve Ackles much. Obviously, I've talked to Richie Zients a million times. And I have found, Joe, that the producers who are part of the A and B crews across all of sports, directors as well, and I mean everybody in the production truck, they're just really interesting people. They're sort of fun people to be around. And they don't get nearly, at least this is my perspective, the credit they deserve because they are the equivalent of you and Troy. And let's just be honest. They do not make nearly the same amount of money, but yet the skill level is almost impossible to duplicate like what they do. Richard, the skill level is for somebody who's been in in network TV for 30 years like I have, I am astounded at what they do under the gun with replays, with live shots with piecing it together drop-ins you know that the sales elements the, the what they have to account for and and Z was amazing at it and Pete Macheska ama- I mean I'm going to tell you what Pete Macheska our baseball producer at Fox one of the most underrated talented people that I've ever been around I, I don't care name the person in, in the in different fields Eddie Vedder Paul Rudd, friends of mine that I name drop all the time, Pete Macheska doing a Major League Baseball All-Star game, is that's the hardest thing, a live event, change after change after change. Oh, we're going to interview the left fielder. Okay, now they're having conversations with pitchers in games and, and he, you know, do the lineups and everything becomes from the PA to your TV at home. I... You add in the audio people and what they deal with on a daily basis and and in a live event. I I have so much respect for all those people, and I've just been lucky to, you know, everybody talks about Troy and me. He and I have been lucky to be with people who make us look better than we otherwise would look. I want to ask you about Troy, sort of my next part. You, in my opinion, objectively have had a great year. Like things have sounded great. The broadcast I appreciate as a viewer. Forget about writing about you guys. It's been a pleasure to sort of listen to your broadcast. I feel like you guys are really on your game this year. And it brings up something I was thinking about when I knew you were coming on. And that is, do you feel you have gotten better as a team or at a certain point, and you are now in your 22nd year together, does it just become a plateau? And like you are at a certain level and you hope to stay at that level. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, can you? Do you feel yeah, like totally. objectively, can you get can you guys get better or at a certain point it just sort of it is what it is well i I hope we're getting better i mean i'm not gonna lean into some slogan that's sitting on somebody's desk right now but if you're you know if if you're not getting better you're getting worse and I, i do believe that i i do honestly i think we are better i go back to the aforementioned steve ackles i think troy has grown I think Troy and I have grown. I think we're looking at games differently a little bit. I don't know how to put that into words, what that means, other than I think we're trying to lean into having more fun while also respecting the moment and also analyzing what we're seeing. 
So yeah, I, I think we are better, and that makes me happy because ESPN put a big bet forward in the middle of the table on the two of us, and to be preparing for a Philadelphia-Kansas City game, which I'll do when you and I hang up, and to know that we have a Super Bowl rematch and maybe a Super Bowl preview yep. on ESPN, on ABC, which is huge, on Monday night, I think is exactly why ESPN and Jimmy Patero and Burke Magnus went out and got us. And and I, whether people think that's nuts or not, I think the proof is in the game we're doing this upcoming Monday. And and that that makes me really happy. And the league didn't have to do that. But it's appreciated by everybody on our side of the fence. As I mentioned, you and Troy are in your 22nd year together. You you are legitimate friends. It's been written about a lot. It's, if anyone who spent time with you two would be obvious to see. Do you ever step back, Joe, and think sort of excluding family, this is one of the longest relationships of your life? Or maybe when it is concluded, hopefully you guys are living for another 40 years or whatever, like it will be one of literally one of the longest relationships you've had, which is very unique in our larger R profession, sports media. And I wonder if you sort of think about that in those kind of terms, just beyond just like, oh, I work with this guy, but like this is a two decade relationship longer than most American marriages, basically. Yeah, no, it's it's longer than both of my marriages. <laughs> my first one, I think, right. uh, clocked in at 19 years when it was all said and done. So we have that beat. And this one's coming up on 10. And it is an extremely important part of my life. And he is, without being corny about it, I mean, you have to lean on each other. I, I am only as good as he is and vice versa, but I don't think, and, and I'll get to something else in a second here with regard to the proof of this and something that he actually brought up, but I don't think that we would be nearly as decent on air if we weren't legitimately the friends we purport to be. And, and like he said, there were multiple chances for he and I, after 20, I'm not choking up, I'm just choking. <laughs> after 20 years at Fox, once he left, and we could have easily said, okay, hey, good luck, love you, man. It's been 20 great years. Go knock it out of the park at ESPN. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to do the World Series for the rest of my life or as long as Fox has it. This is a Super Bowl year. I want to be here at Fox this superseded everything. It was like, I, I want to know who I'm standing next to come next football season, and I, I want it to be him. And he said the same about me. So it, it's corny. It's probably people are tired of hearing about it, but it is legitimate, and it is something very special to both of us. We've, we're about the same age. He's a little bit older. I had all the respect for him as a player, and now here we are as people – going through divorces, both being dads of two daughters. I mean, we had a lot of the same life experiences at the same time, and that stuff is more important to me than even Monday night's game between the Eagles and the <laughs> and the Chiefs. It's that that's what you hold dear when you take your last breaths. It's not I got to ride this out with somebody that I really respect. We're obviously years away from this still. You know, your contracts, your respective contracts uh, aren't up for many, many years at this point. But if, I was at, if I'm asking you this in 2023, would you continue to call NFL games if Troy was not your partner? 
Like, is that part of your yeah. equation now? You would, okay. Yeah, and, and I would have taken it as, as a challenge more than like, oh, I'm so sad, I'm not with Troy, but it didn't have to come to that. I would have loved to have worked with Greg Olson. I, I would have loved to have worked with potentially Tom Brady, but those are great unknowns. And I'm in my 50s now, and I've been doing this since I was four, and I am leaning more into... I know what I have, and I'm content with what I have in the way of an on-air partnership with somebody that I know works. And I know by reading his body language or the inflection in his voice when he's finished or when he's ready to go or when – and he can do the same for me. And those are small things that really make a big difference. So, you know, Fox was was talking to me at that time, and this is ancient history by now, about Greg, and Greg's great – and you know the potential of Brady and the potential of Brady of Brady is off the charts but i, I just want i'm i'm happy and and i feel like you know i you have to be smart enough to know when you're in a good place and try to keep it at all costs and that's that we were just lucky that it worked out and fox was so great to me that that they let me out and and i've said this before richard i think ESPN got what they wanted. He and Troy and I got what we wanted. And I think Fox got what they wanted. I, I think it was time for new blood. I think it was time for a change in the World Series. I think it was time for a change in the NFL booth. It, it's new bosses. I'm a David Hill, Ed Gorin guy. Love Eric Shanks. Love him. Uh, I could call on him for anything, and he knows he can call on me. But I think they wanted to create their own, and, and that's just human nature. Yeah. So. There's no grudge or ill will. Everybody, everybody is happy. One more thing before we get to the Eagles and Chiefs, and that is, this is just sort of me. My, my I wouldn't even call it informed analysis. I, I would call it just me sort of making a projection. Um, there has been a lot of talk, Joe, of like, you know, will Brady even make it to the booth? And I think he will. Like, I, I'm convinced he's going to have nothing else do that first year on Fox, and then like everybody else in life, he'll he'll see how that is. He'll see how the travel is, et cetera. You know Brady better than me. You're obviously. I don't think you guys are hanging out the not white that well. Yeah. But I, yeah, I've been around. You're, you're not enough. hanging out the white party together. No. But um, if I was asking you today, just as someone who's in the business, do you agree? Do you think he will he will be in that booth at least for that first year? It's it's kind of you know I've I've talked to people in this business, and I've been pretty open about the fact that that I'll believe it when I see it. I say that extremely hopeful that he does do it. I, I think it'll be great for broadcasting. I think it'll be really interesting. I think he's the greatest to ever do what Troy Aikman did really, really well. And when Troy Aikman says Tom Brady's the best, that carries a lot of weight with me. So I, I really hope he does. But reading the tea leaves of where his life is right. – is hard for anybody, especially somebody like me that barely knows him. But I'm hopeful that he does do it. You know, his family life has changed, and and he's got kids. And now it, it's not like you just show up. I feel like people think that we just, you know, drop out of the sky on game day, walk in there and just, you know, shoot the shit and call the game. And and I, I pour a lot of work into what I do. Troy pours a, pours a lot of work into what he does. Uh, you know, right on down the line. So it is a job, and and it's it's something that you have to get into, work at, get better at, 
just like anything else. So the stakes are going to be high when he starts, and he got to hit the ground running. I assume he'll put every bit of his energy into it because that's the kind of guy he seems to be. But I just don't know. I, I, I hope he does. I appreciate that answer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, I want to ask you about the Eagles and the Chiefs. You know, you know this game exists at the beginning of the year. It's a Super Bowl rematch. Unless something crazy happens, these teams are going to be excellent. And obviously, now we're at the week and... Both these teams are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I don't want to sort of make this too broad a generalization, but I do think there's some truth to what I'm about to ask you. Games like this for Monday Night Football, for you and Troy, I think as a viewer, I automatically think, okay, this is kind of like a mini preview or version of what a Super Bowl on ABC slash ESPN might be. And I wonder, I know you call all the games the same. You're going to prepare the same, whether it's Eagles, Chiefs, or... Joe Buck versus the the Edmonton Eskimos. (laughs) But am I right about that? That like this, this at least gives the audience an example of, okay, this potentially is like maybe has, gives us a little bit of a sense of what could be a Super Bowl on ESPN ABC, because this feels like a Super Bowl game to me in November. How do you see it? I totally agree. And uh, without becoming Steve Ackles agent, and promoter, I, he and I had that conversation today, and and you know Troy and I have have done it. We've we've done six Super Bowls, we've done twenty championship games, we've done big games throughout. You know this this is as big a regular season game as he and I have ever done in twenty two years, whatever the number is. And I, but I think we have to act. I said this with Axe today, Steve Ackles. I said we have to act like we've been there before. Even if somebody, some people on our crew haven't been, and we have to go in ready for whatever is about to happen, but not get hyper and not get flustered and not get, you know, look down at the 80 foot drop. You just have to go do the game. And, and I, and he said, you know, it's good that we started the season the way we did with Aaron Rodgers and all the hype of Aaron Rodgers being a Jet, and they're playing the Bills, and DeMar Hamlin, and that's how we started our season, and and all of us were just getting to know each other then. I mean, I didn't know Derek Mobley, our director. I didn't really know Steve Ackles that well, certainly in this role at all, and then new tape people, and new, you know, there, there were a lot of changes, so and and I thought we handled it really well. And and we all came out of that feeling good about ourselves with a lot of work to do, but feeling good about ourselves. And now is when I think that pays off. And so it's a great question. I agree with the premise. And I think it's up to us, you know, leaders on that crew, whether it's Steve or Mob or meaning Derek Mobley or Troy or me or to 
remind everybody we're just doing a game and we need to act like we've done this before, even if some people on this crew haven't, I think we'll meet the challenge and, and do really well. You've called games at Arrowhead before. As a viewer, what comes across to me, Joe, taking it in, is it feels louder than other stadiums when it's loud. And it's just like that atmospherically, like things are intense. What are the challenges for you as a broadcaster calling games at Arrowhead? And does it feel intense to you in the booth? It does. It's really, it's a great setup because if you haven't been there, it's dug out. So you walk in, street level is booth level. And then the stadium goes down lower and obviously higher, but you're walking into the middle of the stadium. So it's, I think that plays into how loud it gets in there. The sound just bounces around like crazy. The tailgating is as good as it gets in the NFL. It's collegiate-like in in that people just line up. It's hard for us to get in to do the game. So you got to leave five hours before the game just to make sure you get in there and you're not sitting in a long line of traffic. And, and I think because of that, we need to stay live a lot more than play, replay, play, replay, play, replay. You need to stay live because the live moments are better and I think more intense than taking people away from what's happening right now and going back to what you just saw. Unless it's a great play or the non-average play, I, I think the live pictures and crowd carrying it is the way to go. And that's always been my default is let's the crowd's going crazy. We've got microphones on the umpire or whoever's wearing it down there. Let's lay out and listen and let people at home enjoy it. And and that's I think where we will lean. And and that's, you know, that's our that's our mission this week. I've seen you talk about this and I appreciate that you've answered this question sort of on a broadcasting way. Like I'm gonna let you into my thoughts on this on this subject. Taylor Swift obviously is uh, dating Travis Kelsey. She may end up being at this game. I would think she would be just because it's obviously a major, major game and wants to support her boyfriend. And Travis Kelsey just went to Argentina, et cetera, et cetera. Networks have to figure out how to navigate like this story. One of the most famous people on the planet. You would not be doing your editorial duty if you didn't show her. That's insane to even, in my opinion, suggest otherwise. And then as the broadcasters, because it's your voice, you and Troy, you have to figure out like sort of how do we talk about this unique story while also focusing on the game and not making it like too much about Taylor Swift. You are also interesting in that you have daughters who are Swift fans. You've gone to Swift concerts with them. I read that. And so you're aware of her culturally. So all this Joe mixing up, like how do you approach it? Because how do I say this? You're going to get shit either way, which is ridiculous, but in, but you have to make a decision on this. And so how do you approach it? Yeah. Uh, it's, First of all, I do have daughters. I have a 27-year-old daughter and a 24-year-old daughter. And my 27-year-old daughter is like, Dad, if she's there, don't make any jokes. Do not make any jokes. Don't be sarcastic. Just cover it. And I'm like, gotcha. And and it's true. I mean, I that's agree. kind of... It's good advice. You have to be... And, and I don't think I would. I, I think the corny stuff and, you know in my opinion, just trying to force lines from her songs in and all that. It's been done. I think the beauty of this is it's not new. So when she showed up the first time and Fox was doing the game and it was a terrible game, it was just a blowout. That's right. The number went up because she's there. So she moves the needle 
And you can't deny that. And this is a business. So we're all in, in the business of television and making a television show and making making it interesting and showing all that we can show and getting the most people to watch as we can. That's how networks make their money off ad sales. We all get that. But I think because it's not new and it's baked in, you can show her. I, I don't have to explain anything. We all know the story. So show her being excited. Let it happen. If she's there even, I mean, I don't know if she's even going to be there. And cover the game. It's pretty easy, I think, from where I sit now, as opposed to a month ago when this is like, oh, my God, Taylor Swift's at an NFL game and she's dating the tight end. Right. I, we're, we're, we're all there already. So I don't think a lot needs to be done. I think you just show her there and her excitement and it's it's part of the replay package and and that's good i like that that's that's good for everybody yeah it's it's interesting in some ways i talked to richie zines about this uh, who again is fox's lead nfl producer in some ways the real challenge is steve ackles and Derek mobley's challenge more than joe buck and troy aikman's challenge right in terms of how many times do you show her after travis kelsey does something on the field right i mean you they can show her i don't have to say anything right I, it's She's there. It's television. I don't, and there's Taylor Swift. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and you're right. I, I did tweet last night that I, I was lucky enough to take my, my daughter when she was little backstage and meet her. And you can tell. I mean, I, I've been backstage with a lot of different people and pulled as many strings as I can to get my daughters to meet their little heroes. And she was different. She was different than the other little meet and greets that I went to. She's nice. She's normal. She's sweet. She made these kids feel like they were important and didn't blow them off. And so she's a good person. I, I think you can just tell by being around somebody now. And everybody I know that I know my my agent Tom Young was in that box in New York uh, at the I guess it was a Jets game when she was there. Yeah, whatever it was, he was there. He's like, she's the nicest person in the world. She wanted a hug from me, and and she doesn't know him. Hmm. But but that's the kind. So I'm all for it. Travis is a great guy, like beyond smart and funny, and hosted SNL. And there's more there than the typical athlete. So it's a cool relationship, and I'm I'm all for it. But I I'll just kind of I'll just ride the wave of it and see where I can make a comment. Otherwise, just let the picture carry it. Yeah, I appreciate. It. How about how's Tom Young getting in that box? Does he have a Kelsey relationship? Yes, he's okay. uh, he is Travis's off air off. away from sports agent. Ugh, some of the, the the agent business is amazing that you could be like, all right, I'm Travis's like media rep, even though he's got a contract rep, even though he's got a fashion rep. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, <laughs> all I see is just divvying up your money even more. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Tom, my dealings with Tom Young have been excellent. Told, uh, he's awesome. Massive he's, he's great. Massive. I hate to praise agents, but in this case, a massive professional. I mean, he's normal. He's yeah, funny. Yes, he's yeah. not not slick. Yeah, he's yeah. Not a it's guy not, I'm like, not yeah. talking to uh, Jeremy Piven, basically, which is I appreciate that stuff. Exactly. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. 
Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, a couple more here. You are aware of viewership as every single broadcaster is aware of viewership for their entity or platform. What I'm curious about, Joe, is how do you get that stuff? Do you get it from ESPN PR and do you ask for it or... Chris Mad Dog Russo texted every uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you like, or are you on sportsmediawatch.com like nerds like myself no. and be like, oh, I want to know how the Monday night game did. No, it's funny. I you know, Derek Volner, who's the PR man at ESPN, who we were talking about before we came on, who just works his tail off. Yep, he does. He will send it to me, Ackles and Aikman on a text. All every time this this year, the story's been great. Yeah, the numbers are. We started live. The numbers yeah. have been crazy, and and ESPN's over the moon, and uh, and so it's all good. But when I think it's going to be bad, I just tell Derek, I'm, I just say, just leave me off, leave me <laughs> off the chain. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know that it was crappy and it's down this, down that, like I. In other words, I'm a fair weather fan, and I'm 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 just a little baby because I only want to hear the good news. But that's kind of the way it is. I'm a baby, and I only want to hear the good news. All right, I got three more for you. How would you describe the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, his coach in production meetings? How are the star quarterback and head coach of this particular game? How are they for you guys? Wow, uh, Sirianni's great. Talks a lot, uh, but very revealing. Andy huh. Reid, we've known, I've known since my mid twenties. I feel I, I have. He's awesome. Doesn't say anything. <laughs> I mean, he's he's so nice. Like Bill Belichick won't say anything, but you walk out of there like, wow, he didn't say anything. You walk out from a meeting with Andy Reid, it's like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, we had a good time. And then you look at your notes, and it's like, okay, we guy got three things, and and. But that's fine, and and it's good to just connect and check in. Mahomes is everything. I've said it many times. He's everything you want in a star quarterback. If I'm a Chiefs fan, I mean, you know why that guy's beloved. He's he's unique. He's a unicorn on the field, and he's very giving off the field. He'll tell you what's going on. Uh, Jalen is more tight, more uh, – closed off a little bit but he will give you some great stuff like I, I remember Troy talking to him about Saban and uh and what he learned from Saban and and Hurt stopped him and he said I learned that stuff from my dad like that that's hmm. to me that's that's really revealing interesting great note something you you don't you know are these the it boils down to are these guys going to give you anything that you haven't read in the paper. And and sometimes they'll give you stuff that you can't say, but you can use it as background information. Right. right. So Hertz is good, but you gotta work at it. Mahomes is an easy conversation. Reed is a very pleasant guy who doesn't want to really reveal much. And Sirianni is just like, what do you want to know? This guy's not playing good. This guy is playing good. And you walk out of a meeting with Sirianni, like, man, we, we let's go. I'm I'm ready to do the, to do the game now. All right, final two. You obviously, over the course of working as long as you have in the NFL, you you, you must have you know a thousand, two thousand, three thousand sort of contacts in your cell phone. 
on a week to week other than this is other than Troy or your colleagues on a week to week basis if there if you really sort of want to know something or if you just want clarity on something who are some of the people or even if you want to just name one who would you text just where you know like all right this person who is currently in the league is going to be honest with me and and help me sort of understand this is there does Ani that person Bose. exist Ani Bose. Ani Bose. okay you know i there there's two sides to to all of these relationships there's the professional side and then there's the personal side and when you can blend those two and they know they can trust you and ani knows he can trust me he can be honest with me and and then i know where we it whatever sits right. whatever I, my i'll just issue mention is. for the audience this is the vice president of broadcasting in the nfl yeah, and there are. I mean, I'll talk to Roger. I, I I will text. I will email Roger Goodell, and and he will. We Troy and I had a great dinner with him before this season started, and one of the and it was it was fun. It was normal. It was like a, a great just enjoyable dinner. It didn't feel like a work dinner. He and I flew up there to meet with him and talk about ESPN and talk about the schedule and what have you and. And it was great, and we walked out of there. I think, but you know, Troy's Troy. He's he's on a different level than me. But I felt like we walked out of there with a really good open line of communication, knowing that if something was not sitting right, either way, we could email or text or call the other person and say, "What's up?" and and you know, what's really going on? And and that's 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 a gift. It, it doesn't have to be that way. I don't think I had that really with Rob Manfred. But I, I feel like, like I have that with Roger Goodell. Yeah, that's interesting. I might have to uh, see if I can hit you up on that. Roger Goodell uh, text number, Joe. That could be very <laughs> valuable. All right, last one. I know you're not going to give it up. I want to ask you about your wife, Michelle. Michelle Beisner-Buck, by the way, formally in terms of like uh, if you're an ESPN watcher, you know she is a reporter and stuff. You know, One of the things I remember talking to you when you said you took the ESPN job was like my wife has talked about how her experience has been great and it would be really cool and interesting for us to sort of all work for the same place. Now in practicality, like how has that been? And whatever your expectation was of working with your partner at the same place, has it been what you expected or if it's been different, how has it been different? It's been, I think, better. And I'm not, I, I'm, I'll be as open and as honest as you would hope for. Uh, I remember prior to last year, there was a moment where, and our boys sleep upstairs, and and so a lot of the time, Michelle and I sleep in separate beds, and she's up by the boys, and I'm down in our room, because the boys just, for some reason, can't seem to make it through the night without waking up and <laughs> yeah. complaining about oh, We something. all know that, yeah. Yeah, everybody knows that. And, and I remember going up there last year, prior to the season started, and she went, I think we made a mistake. Like, I, I don't... I, I just I don't know how this is going to play out. Like you're you're not going to want me there. I, sometimes I'm not going to want you there. You kind of want to stand on your own. And I, I think for her it's a bigger deal because she's really worked hard to go from Denver Broncos cheerleader to in stadium person in Denver at the Nuggets games and the Avalanche games to NFL Network to ESPN as opposed to me that you know fell out of the silver spoon aisle and got to trail around after my dad and do whatever. So I, I think it was a little bit of uh, uneasiness about you know me being now in the ESPN family and you know being the trying to be the protector of her. She's her own protector and, and she was worried about it. The beauty is ESPN 
signed off on us having uh, separate hotel rooms the night before the game. Ah. And and that is because she doesn't sleep, and all I want to do is sleep. She likes it warm. I like it cold, blah 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 <laughs> But she's like, I do not want to be responsible if you don't get a good night's sleep, and then you have a shitty game, and it's because you didn't sleep all night because I'm flopping around and I can't sleep. So we 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 like I don't know I don't know what it's like. It, it's we we go to dinner, and then we split up and go to our separate rooms and get up the next day and have coffee. That part of it to this is a ridiculously long answer. I we love it. Like get up in the morning on Monday, go for a walk. We went around a, a Buffalo, windy, cold morning, walking around, getting coffee, talking, talking about our kids, talking about our moms talking about talking about the game and then come back and get she she does her thing i do my thing i cram the information into my head and then i go do the game so right. it's it's been awesome and and it's been better than we hoped it's great that's a very modern professional marriage and that's good i appreciate the honesty and it, trust me a lot of couples can relate to that because there is a performance element the next day you you have to for you you have to sleep or you're done there is no option, so I well, the totally sleep understand. the night before a Super Bowl. Yeah, is you know everybody's got their own stresses in work and your big presentation or a big day at work the next day. You're just watching the clock. It's like I got to go to bed. I yes. got to go to bed. If I don't and then go to the sleep, anxiety I'm, kicks in. If you're staring oh at the clock, oh my god, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we talked about that. I mean, sleeping and 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 that issue of I found these gummies and they're not weed gummies. They're they're like. Uh, They've got elderberry in them, and they're at like CVS. Right. Uh, and it's the only thing I've ever taken that allows me to go to sleep. Wow. I can't like Ollie or Dolly or it's not Molly. It's it's something. <laughs> it's it's something Ollie. Uh, whatever. Right. Okay. And and so I I take two of those and then I pray that I will somehow fall asleep. Yeah. And uh, and so. Yeah, it's it's a real thing, and and so Sunday night, this Sunday night in Kansas City, I might take three because uh, the game. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about the game. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I appreciate your honesty. All right, Joe Buck obviously is the voice of Monday Night Football, along with uh, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters. Uh, actually, this week Laura Rutledge will be on the sideline as That's well, true. Uh, which is excited awesome. to have her. Yeah, Laura's great, and um, she's great. Again, it's a massive game. Monday Night Football is the Eagles and the Chiefs. It seems even just silly to sort of mention it because if you're listening to this podcast, you already know. Joe, you've always been great with your time with me, and um, and I've always enjoyed these conversations. Best of luck for the remaining uh, parts of the season. I'm sure I will talk to you. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the Sports Media Podcast today. Absolutely, and thanks for uh, for always being fair. You know, you've ripped me. You've been complimentary. It's always been fair, and and I think that for anybody who does what we do for a living, I, I think that's all you can hope for. And you know, you're one of the few that I that you know you cut through. So I appreciate what you do too, and I and I'm I'm here whenever you need me. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, folks, Joe Buck. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Joe Buck. Uh, always a great conversation, and um, and I appreciate his time very much. If you like these uh, kind of podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That's how this podcast continues. Another excellent broadcaster was the guest earlier this week, Jason Benetti, another new Tigers broadcaster. Uh, had a big podcast on women's college basketball exploding as media play. 
talk some viewership stuff with uh, some more regulars, Austin Carp, ben, ben Fisher, John Lewis, Chad Finn, on where the NFL stands this year. Uh, Ian Eagle was a recent guest on this broadcast, as was John Shambi, as was Dawes Burke. So, again, I enjoyed that very much, and I hope you did. I want to thank Bob uh, Tabador, who uh, filled in Patrick Antonetti this week and did a great job. Thanks to everybody at Odyssey for their support. Thank you for listening. See you soon on the Sports Media Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.